If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, it's Shadow or Isaiah, and this is the Peaceful Podcast. Yeah. You did it, that's it. Yeah. Shit. I just be nervous, bruh. Blessings and peace, everyone. Peace and blessings. Thank you for joining me on the Peaceful Moment Podcast. I need you to do me a huge favor. I need you to go open up your little phone or your computer, whatever you use. I'm not going to judge you. Go on Instagram real quick and follow the podcast on Instagram. You can find it at peaceful underscore podcast. If you want to follow yours truly, Mr. Jordan Brown, you can definitely find me on IG, on Instagram, at Nkosi underscore Xavier. That's to I. Let me tell y'all something. Life ain't always easy. Sometimes the paths that we choose in life leads us down roads that we would never expect ourselves to be at. We find ourselves in situations that makes us question who we are. And until we can look ourselves in the mirror and question ourselves and be strong enough to give ourselves an answer, we will continue making the same mistakes. And in this episode of A Peaceful Moment, my good friend Isaiah is gonna detail his experience with sobriety and self-evolution. So only thing that you need to do in this moment is be mindful, sit back, relax, and be peaceful. Shadow or Isaiah, and this is the Peaceful Podcast. Yeah. You did it. That's it. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I just be nervous, bro. I don't know if if you if you have like social anxiety or anything. My thing, I'm not photogenic. So if I do something and I know other people are gonna look at this and zoom in on me, mm-hmm. it makes me like my posture starts to get fucked up. You feel me? So same thing with my voice at this mm-hmm. point. Like I just be overthinking it. That's pretty much just what it is. So what I can say about that is that um, that's never gonna go away. Yeah. It's never gonna go away. Cause um you're twenty twenty? Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. I just I'm about to turn twenty three uh in June. You're a Gemini. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's thank a rough you. fucking life. It's a rough <laughs> yeah. fucking life. I be wanting yeah. to kill everybody and give them a hug at the same time. Right. Like those thoughts never go away. That anxiety is never gonna go away. Only thing you can do is just push forward. Like the other day I got an argument with my mom about some uh it wasn't nothing like major, but like she said some off shit. And like I was so upset, I started crying. And like, at least you can express your emotions that, that way. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. But instead of me like crying and going to my room and being like, I ain't talking to you no more, I, we were still in the middle of the argument and I was still crying. You know what I'm saying? So no matter what thoughts you have in your head, you still push forward. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, yeah. Like um, like my voice. People did like my voice because they said I sounded too girly. They said I sound too um. Feminine. I sound too, yeah, feminine. Yeah. I sound white. I talk like I'm a white boy. I talk um, like I'm better than people. 
but this is just the way I speak, and there's nothing I can do to change that shit. Right. I'm not. It's not my fault. My vocal cords move like this. Right. So the only thing I can do is just push forward. You know what I'm saying? The only the only thing I can say about that is that you, if you are allowing people to pass judgment onto you who you wouldn't accept advice from, mm -hmm. don't accept the the judgment from them because people are impartial. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, people are, people are impartial and especially young kids, you know, young, even, even kids who are our age, we're still kids in my opinion, I sure am a child. you know what I'm saying? So, but no, I've, I've dealt with a lot of trauma from judgment from other people and, and hindsight, I look back and it's like, of course, when you're growing up and when, and your peers are shitting on you and making fun of you, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It really does. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially Piper and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Niggas are animals. I mean, it's not, we're not in deep side or nothing, but it's. People are, kids are kids, bro. But like I said, if you're not going to accept uh, advice from them and take it into genuine consideration, then there's no point in accepting judgment and, you know, mm -hmm. their nasty spells that they say about you. But that's what I've had to learn. You know what I'm saying? I get emotional too. Like I cry. You know what I'm saying? I cry. I would say I cry more than the average man, but I think it's, it's like a superpower that I have because I can sometimes like when I cry, I get through that emotion. It mm -hmm. helps me to release it instead of keeping it all festered up inside. So mm -hmm. I totally get what you're saying. I feel it's you. It's good that when you can be comfortable <clears throat> be comfortable in that space. <clears throat> Cuz for me um like years back like one thing about me, I'm a cry. I'm a yeah. I'm a cry baby. Yeah. Like I've always been a crier. But I'm so glad that I'm in a space now where like when I feel like I need to cry, I'm like, "Yes, finally." Right. Yes, right. here we go. Right. And then I go, I go off to the side. Oh, and do my little cry for a little bit, and I'm gonna come back to the situation. I'm like, all right, come on, y'all, let's go. Let's, right. Let's get, let's get this. Right. Because I'm comfortable with myself. Right. Before we get off too off topic, go yeah, ahead and bad. plug yourself in. Let the people know where they can find you and any projects we're working on in the future. Um. So my at my handle on Instagram is Goonie World. That's G O O N I E W O R L D. And um, I pretty much just have a couple of you know collections of clothing that's gonna come out. I don't oh, have shit. an expected release date. Um, you know, I'm trying to build my foundation right now as I've been for the past couple of years, but, um, yeah, I definitely have some heat that I'm going to come out with sooner than later. Um, and yeah, fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> fuck with me. Y'all already said it. <laughs> but, um, how have you been, bro? How's life been these past few years? Because I knew you in high school. I didn't know you in high school, but I did see you. We think we had one class together. What, what class? We had, um, Spanish class. You're lying. I'm dead ass. You're lying. I have an impeccable memory. You can't be saying I'm, I'm lying. Nah. What hour did you have them? Lying. I don't, I don't fucking know. Remember. I think it was third? Third or fourth? It was. You it was really? Third. Where did you see? Bro, are I you I was serious? on the other side of the class. Yeah. Because you remember there was, there was two sides of the class. Yeah, there was. There was there like. Was, there was. There was the hood. There was like the soccer players in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it was all the soccer players. In the, yeah. um, and then on this side, it was like the kids. The weird kids. Yeah. The weird kids, the kids that didn't talk. They I don't know why he put us like that, but it was just like He had hood. zones, yeah. Exactly. The had hood zones. Over here, the soccer players. That was his favorite. Yeah. He loved the soccer players. Yeah. He, I think he was the soccer coach. And then on the other side he had the um the others. Yeah. The um the to be determined later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um we're adults now, so how you feeling about life right now? Nah, I mean, I feel I feel well. Um, you know, the past couple of years, a couple of things have transpired that have changed me, you know, for the better and for the worse. I'm definitely not perfect, but, um, 
you know, just just as things transpire and go on, you either it makes you or it breaks you and you can grow from it and learn from it or be stuck in vicious cycles, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. So, I mean, I'm doing well to put it to put it short. I'm doing well. Thankfully, you feel me? I, a nigga came a long way. Anybody that actually knows me, they know that I've had my fair share of trials and tribulations. So, Shit. yeah, that's the, uh, the character development. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the good parts of the book. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you look at your right. life as part of like as a book, the parts that we like is the we like the boring parts. You know what I'm saying? I love the boring parts. Right. Uh, like of the if my life was a book, the boring parts is what I enjoy. Right. The part that's actually really really good that the people really want to hear about, the people that really want to read into, is usually the traumatic shit. The the cli- it could be the climax exactly. or the the plight. Yeah. I'm sick of this fucking character development shit. But yeah. I understand that it is, um, it is necessary. Absolutely. Because if I didn't go through all the shit that I went through in 2019, I don't think I could be, I would even be able to call myself, like, by my name. You know what I'm saying? I could even call myself Jordan or Xavier. Right. Or whoever the hell I feel like I am right now. I probably wouldn't be, even be able to say that name. Because 2019, I was in such a dark place. You know right. what I'm saying? It was just like there was just so much shit going on, and I was just so confused about everything. I'm like, who? What am I doing here? Why did I choose this job? Why did I choose to live in this house with my parents? Why did I? Why am I doing all this shit? What is all this for? And then I just lost sight of what I was fighting for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I forgot, which is which is number step one of getting your life back together is to remember. Yeah, yeah. And what I did was forget. I forgot everything. I was like, fuck all of this. Right. I forgot what I was really fighting for. Well, actually, the problem was I didn't have anything to fight for. I was doing everything because I knew this is what I needed to do. And I didn't know why. I knew my what's, my wins, my how's, but I didn't know my why. Right. I didn't know why I was getting up every morning to go to work. I didn't know why I was being nice to everybody. I didn't know why I wanted to be in a relationship. I just was just doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And once... I had the realization of why am I doing this, and I couldn't answer that question for myself. This shit just started falling. I was like, yeah, that's oh, when fuck. you go. That's when you go insane. Yeah, I was like, damn, why? Then I started looking around in my life, like, oh, this is fucked up too. That's fucked up too. This mm-hmm. is fucked up too. Now what do I do? How do I redeem all of this? But shit, that was fucking character development right there. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, when you when you lose track of your reason and like your path and your journey you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying you can definitely you divert from course you know what i'm saying and that can be turbulent hella turbulent as hell and and it's your it's really your awareness too you know i would say you know once you once you start to question your thought process and then that'll lead into deeper traumas or deeper things Mm -hmm. that's when like i said you can go kind of insane because it's like I've been sitting here wilding this whole time and all these things, like you said, all these areas are like messed up. So mm-hmm. it can be a miserable experience. You feel me? But it's, that's just a part. It's like, you know, it's the cocoon and then the butterfly. So, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? What you're talking about is, um, unpacking. You got to unpack your trauma. Yeah. But the thing was back then when I unpacked my trauma, I didn't unpack it the right way. You feel me? So I like, I try to, um, use an analogy of, um, when you go on vacation, you have all your clothes inside of your, uh, your suitcase. Yeah. And when you get home, take all that shit back and put it back in its respective places. Right, right. But what I did, using the same analogy, I don't pack all my, my clothes out of the suitcase and left them bitches on the floor. Right, right, And right, then when I look right. back to see all my shit on the floor, it scared me. 
Right. Like, oh, everything is fucked up right now. Right. But instead of me going in and, like, just fucking being an adult and fixing my own life, I decided to give up. Uh, and that's that's not a problem. No. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You're going to have... You're, you're not... Nobody's perfect, so you're always going to have your highs and your lows, but it's about you know, that self-discovery and acknowledging things. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You have to be introspective, if that's the correct word. You have mm-hmm. to acknowledge things and come to an understanding. If you just live your life kind of blindfully doing things based off of emotions and you don't know where they're coming from, mm-hmm. it causes a mass discord, you know what I'm saying? But some people, like, just be thankful. And for me, I'm grateful that I even started to analyze my psychology, you know what I'm saying, and try to figure things out. Because I was very ignorant and just on some dumb shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're not the only ones, bro. Oh, Humans have the, 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 you know, the capability to be very intellectual and very genuine and nice. And then there's also the other side of it. So, you feel me? Because we're inherently evil. Absolutely. We're just, we're just fuck. And I try to explain this to people like, we're not, we're not humans. We're not, well, let me not say humans. We're not people. We're just humans. Yeah. We're just fucking, uh, just meet people. Just, Meet people. The only difference between us and monkeys <laughs> is that we have a prefrontal cortex and we can plan shit. That's probably the only difference. I can plan what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. Apes and monkeys can't do that shit. They can't plan if they're going to fucking go to that tree tomorrow morning. Only right. thing they can do is wake up in the morning and say, oh, that's a cool ass tree. Let me go over there today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of just go with the wind type shit. They're reactive, not proactive. Right, right. And so that's the only difference with us. And once you have, I think that's the most beautiful thing. When you come to the realization that, like, I'm a fuck up. I remember it was it's so funny. The day I realized, like, I was a fuck up, the first thing I did, I Googled, like, what to do if you're a fuck up. Oh, my God. <laughs> nah, man, that's dramatic, though. I, I nah. went on there. And you know, like, how Google shows you, like, the YouTube videos first? Yeah. I clicked yeah. on a YouTube video that says what to do when you find out you're a failure. A failure. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I clicked on the video. And then the first thing it says, hi, welcome to Baba Boss YouTube channel. You must be a failure. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, that shit hit. I am a failure. Yeah. It's like, well, now that you know that, you have made the best decision in your own life. Now that you know you're a failure, you can do something about it. Right. And I was like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Now that I know I'm a failure, and I became, I came to the realization that I'm not as good in life as I thought I was. Now I can, the veil is lifted. Yeah. And I can work better in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about, it's about, um, just being honest and, and coming to an understanding. Sometimes you have knowledge with no understanding. Mm. So if you can kind of, you know, match the two of them, then shit will, shit will be, be for the shit better. Shit will work out. Yeah. That's really fucking good. So, um, what do you think if you could build a list for somebody what things should they tackle so they can transform themselves so i think step one is to figure out that you're fuck up yeah yeah figure out what you i don't want to say that's step one because you you there's no way for you to know that you're a fuck up until the day comes that you know you're a fuck up i would say Assess your fuck up, your fuck, your fuck option. Assess yeah. your fuck option. 
Yeah. That's what I was yeah. saying. So for you, what would be step two? So you have to assess. Um, first of all, there is no, there's no like book. I mean, there's plenty of books on mm-hmm. this probably, but I'm just freestyling right now from my personal you experience. You feel me? But you have to, um, you know, understand your wrongs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to identify, you know, your weaknesses and your, your strengths at that point. And basically you have to develop, you know, a support group, people who you trust, people that have your best intentions at mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what order these go in, you know what I'm saying? But people, places, and things is also another thing. You have to exclude yourself in. There could be people that you love, you know what I'm saying? People that that have helped you out countless times, people that you shared memories with. But if they're if they're not trying to, you know, ascend their consciousness and be better people, then you just have to stray from them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It could be your family. It could be your best friend. It could be whoever. You know what I'm saying? But people, places, and things, identify your strengths and your weaknesses, gather that support group, mm-hmm. and continue to be honest and actually, like, change. Because you can talk about change. The, look at look at the world. Look at the world. Look at everybody, all of these different movements mm-hmm. and peaceful movements. Man, people shit getting different. Yeah. For years, since the 70s, the 60s, since way before, you know, there was even a constitution and shit like that, people have always wanted to change and actually implement that change and be, you know, better people and we just act the way that we do. So you have to actually and proactively work on it and continue to do it. Not like on some cult shit, but because you're seeing changes and you want to get better. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that could be, bro, it could be financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. There's so many different aspects that you can tackle. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, I don't know what order them, them bitches go in. But <laughs> yeah, because you said, you said, what's the next step? You feel me? But that's that's basically what that is. You know, because that's how you gotta look at it, and like, there's, there's no fucking rule book. There, I, there was, a, there was a piece that I read um a while back. Look at me, I said I read a piece. Bitch. <laughs> Let me find out. I got a motherfucking degree. Um, I read this uh this article a while back, and it said it's so hard to, to improve your life to like make your life better, because you have to like play three roles. You gotta play. The experimenter, you gotta play the subject, yeah, and then you have to play the analyzer too, right? So not only do you have to say like figure out what works for you, then you have to go out there and do what you said might work for you, right? And right. then you have to like sit down and go back to square one and be like, oh shit, that didn't work for me. Let me put all the numbers together and see like how well that actually worked for me, right? And right. like for a lot of people, they don't realize that. A lot of people think those three jobs is split between people but at the same time all three of those roles have to be yours and yours alone right because right. they try to get somebody else to be the experimenter okay i'm gonna analyze myself and i'm gonna be the subject but you tell me what to do and i've, I've done that several times mm-hmm. yeah and they become yeah. dependent on the person who claim who they want to be their experimenter or they'll get somebody else to analyze for them people search for approval absolutely am i doing well how bad am i doing am i doing good does she love me now? Does he right. love me now? Am I a better person for you? Or some people expect, some people try to be the experimenter and the analyzer, but they want somebody else to be the experimenter. You right. know what I'm saying? That's the toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, um, our relationship isn't good, so I'm going to treat you different, and hopefully you get better in our relationship. Right, right. And so once you understand that your fucking life 
and your fucking emotions and time is your own responsibility until you realize that won't shit work out for you I think that's definitely a good way to put it. I've never heard that, you know, you, the piece that you read, I never heard that about, you know, being the experimenter, the tester and all of that. But yeah, man, that's, that's, that shit is real. That mm-hmm. it's real life, you know? And, and it's so, it's to the point where our, um, our psyche and our thought process is so warped from what it should be and i can't tell you what it's supposed to be i just know the difference between right and wrong and good and bad you know what i'm saying and people their goals and their ambitions and their thought process behind things like we were talking about earlier a lot of people are just negligent in so many ways you know especially like emotionally verbally a lot of people are toxic and they quite simply they just don't even realize they don't even know they don't and there's people you know, my father is about 40, I can't even, he's born in 75, he's a Sagittarius, so, you know, he's like 44, 45, 46, or whatever, and he's almost, I'm I'm mentally um, stronger than he is, you oh, know 100%. what I'm saying? You should be, that's your dad, you should 100% be stronger than he is. Right, right, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, a better way of saying it is that I'm more adult-like than he is. In every aspect, mm. in every single aspect. So some people, time and age doesn't matter when it comes to your emotional EQ and your mm-hmm. IQ, your intelligent IQ. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And the mm-hmm. way that you treat people, your communication skills, all of that, you know. But that's how it's supposed to be. Um, and I feel like we don't give our parents enough uh, credit when it comes to shit like that. Because, like, we are, so let's say your dad is, like, the iPhone 11 Excess nah, max whatever nigga, the fuck nigga, iphone <laughs> and then you're the fucking you're the iphone 12 with three cameras 4k quality 8k quality and shit like that we are supposed to be the upgraded version of our parents so all the Absolutely. mistakes that they made and all the wrong shit that they do we take that we internalize it and we say okay i'm gonna break that curse real quick mm-hmm. i'm just gonna leave that alone what you did to me i'm not gonna do that anymore mm-hmm. so now that i know what you did was wrong to me i'm not gonna make the same mistake for anybody else and people try to be like, my mom didn't do this, my mom didn't do that. But yeah, because she she didn't know. She didn't know yet. Right, right. And it's your job to be the upgraded version of them. And so <clears throat> it's also your job to go back and teach your parents, too. Because, like, at, there's a certain point in our lives, like, because you tell your dad's 45. Yeah, around Your there, dad's yeah. getting up there. He's not old, but he's no. starting to get up there. My yeah. dad is, he just turned, four, I don't know, 43, 42. <laughs> And my mom just turned blank age. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's time for me to, to raise them now. Like, right. I'm at the right. age where I have to raise my parents. Right. The roles are starting to get flipped. And sometimes it's really annoying when I have to teach my mom, like, Mom, that's racist. You can't say shit like that no more. Like, I understand what you're saying. You probably got hurt by X, Y, Z. But you can't say that about people right now. Right. Because that makes you exactly like the people that you say you don't like. Absolutely. You're mirroring the people that you don't like. Right. And so I have to teach them that this is the way life needs to be. And if we don't do that, you know, those real grumpy ass old people who are just like, just hate life. They just want, you know, they just want to die real soon. Yeah. If we don't teach our parents right now and we don't like guide them in the right direction and raise them like they did us, they're going to be those grumpy ass old people. Right. Right. And it's crazy. Um, There's certain things, though, like, excuse me. <clears throat> I do feel like, you know, um, you have to break the generational curses and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that they 
did do and didn't do. However, there's definitely a fine line between, um, I don't know exactly how to word it, but it's like when you're coaching and when you're being the parent to your parents, there's certain things that are deemed as, you know, ignorant, meaning lack of knowledge. Like they did certain things because they didn't know better. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things that they did in terms of negligence. So the things that they did in terms of negligence for me are the most frustrating because it's like, it's one thing if you didn't know, Mm. which I understand that, you know, there's a lot of things that I do that I'm not aware of and that I have done and that I'm going to continue to do. But if you're doing things and you quite simply like you just, you don't don't really care care about it. Mm. That's when it, a little bit more emotion arises out of me. You know what I'm saying? That's the argument between, um, Yo, my bad. I hope you might you might have to cut out all the the throat clearing. No, you're good. It's early, man. <laughs> uh, it's called apathy versus um, ignorance. Okay. Which was worse, being apathetic, like I don't give a shit, I don't care enough, right? Or I just don't know, and I don't know enough. Right, right. But all in all, you gotta forgive them because. No, yeah, it's no pressure. They're just meat. They're just meat people. Yeah, you just gotta remember that. Anytime like somebody pisses me off, they're just a meat person. They're but just at, uh, at the same time, though, we are f- we are that, and we're far from that. You know, we have we have uh, there's a spiritual side to everything. You know, and if you don't want to call it spiritual, you can call it religious. But there's there's just a side of us that we're not just hunters and gatherers. Mm-hmm. We're good people. We're were great thinkers and stuff like that so there are some people that you can't hold them accountable to their actions because you know that they're they're not that they're lower than you and that you're better than them but they just don't have the same they're not on your same level mm-hmm. so there are some people you're not even gonna go there like if you go to the gas station and there's a gentleman that's, <laughs> it's that's always fucking the gas with you. station yeah or the corner store and there's somebody <laughs> trying to get at you it's like you know what i'm gonna let that nigga slide because it's not even worth my time. And then Where there the are other station? people where you, it's the expectations that you put on certain people and you hold them in certain regards. You know what I'm saying? So with that, and that especially with your parents, like there are, I said, it's no pressure. There is a little bit of pressure, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not as deeply rooted as it was. The more that you work on yourself and you start to understand things, um, you release all of those, those feelings essentially, you know, or you start to, so I would say push them, don't shove them. Right, right. Push them, don't shove them. There is pressure. You need to be a better person, so I'm going to push you forward. Right. But I'm not going to shove you. I'm not going to push you down. Absolutely, yeah. So that's the difference. So as we move on, you also said you wanted to speak on um, sobriety and addiction, right? Yeah. Alrighty. So if you're comfortable enough. I'll break it all um, down. Yeah, because I don't don't want you to be put in a situation where you feel like you don't want to. You don't want to talk, tap on some things yet, and that's okay. So wherever you are in your journey, if you want to go, if you want to get a little oversherry, if you want to like you know just get a little little too oversherry, yeah, that's okay. Because yeah. if like this is just a conversation, and if there's anything you want me to bleep out, I can just cut that shit clean out. Yeah, because there's a lot of times some shit gets said in the podcast, and it's never even heard. That bitch right. is just gone, gone, gone. Right, right. Like right. oh, I didn't, I didn't even not like. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I know you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I know because yeah. you didn't say that. No, nah, I don't. I don't mind. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open book, you know. And mm-hmm. this is a platform, um, you know, for people to to share their stories and you know to help mm-hmm. each other in a way. You know, we're all going through similar things that I feel like don't get people don't speak on them enough. And so I'm just I'm an open person in general. If you know mm-hmm. me and you know me in real life, 
Um, I'm an open person regardless of what it is. Sometimes I can often be too forthcoming with mm-hmm. how I feel and my emotions in my past, but I'm an open person, so it's no pressure. Got you. Um, so when did you start your journey to sobriety? When did that start? So you mean now? Like this most recent time right now? No, like like let me know when you were at rock bottom. When you were, like, in the bottom of the pit looking up. So I was in the bottom of the pit looking up. Um, In the trenches. It was October of 2018, I believe, and I overdosed. I took, I took, like, I I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's, like, trazodome or something like that. To be honest, I forgot what it's for. I don't know. Yeah, it has (laughs) has a lit-ass name, yeah. I don't know if it's, like... (laughs) That sounds like some fucking, like... Some real ass shit. Like, yeah. you just did not make that up. Nah, nah. That shit sounds scary. So, there's like Seroquel, which is kind of like, people know what that is, and then Trazodone, which is pretty much the same thing. I believe it's just like a, it could be a mood stabilizer. I don't think it's a muscle relaxer. Um, but it, it's supposed to just make you feel calm. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, I overdosed. I took a bunch of Trazodomes. I was like 12 pills deep. And this mm-hmm. was like my fifth time doing that within a six month time span. I just had this this long time span where I was, well not long, I would say short, but there was just this period in my life in 20, 2019, 2018, I'm sorry, where I was just going hard, you know, I, my self-esteem was low, my goals and my ambitions, like I just felt like everything was impossible. I was completely uncomfortable in my mm-hmm. own skin. Um, I was just at a low point and, you know, I took a bunch of these pills and then I mixed it with Xanax. Mm-hmm. So I took like three Xans. Um, I, at this point I was like 15 pills deep and I was pretty much just um, the same thing that always happens like when I had overdosed before in the past. Because like I said, this was not the first time, but this was definitely the worst. I, you know, started throwing up. You get like this weird acid taste in your mouth. I don't know if it's Mm. from the pills that you have ingested and not having food in your stomach or what it is. But you start to vomit everything out. And so I was vomiting everything out. And, you know, the world started to spin. You know, you're completely you can't like really move too much because everything is spinning. You can't walk, you have no stability. So that happened, I knew that, I knew that part of it. What happened afterwards is that, you know, I'm, so I'm laying there just trying to get myself together. And so I basically started to feel electricity shooting all through my chest. Mm. And at this point, like it was weird, like it was like my nerves were bad or something like that, but I just felt mad at like shocks going all through my chest. It wasn't happening in my lower torso, it was pretty much, you know, my upper torso, my chest area. So I felt the electricity, you know, shooting through my body type shit, and I got cold. I got really cold, you know what I'm saying? Like I started shaking and shit like that, and um, pretty much... At that point, it became very hard for me to breathe. Like, some people say that when they go through sleep paralysis, they feel like some something is pressing against their chest. And I've never gone through that, but that's the closest thing I could say. Like, I just felt like somebody was standing over me just pressing on my chest mm-hmm. while I'm feeling the spins, while I'm feeling the electricity. So, And, like, right now that I'm talking about it, I'm shaking mm-hmm. because it is it was so uncomfortable for me. Like to go back into that headspace i understand it was bad but yeah man that shit happened um i told i told the person that i was with i told him i said i feel like i'm dying you know and um this wasn't the first time that it happened so he was pretty much you know he was like damn like this is bad but i explained to him 
that I feel the electricity and that my heart my heart rate increased, my heart mm. rate was pounding. So it was all that shit together and it's an uncomfortable position to put somebody in, you know what I'm saying? So he didn't really know how to react to it. And I pretty much just became, at a certain point, I was just thinking about my niece. I was just like, you know what, if I die right now and I go out like sad, like peep, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then everything that all my dreams and everything is just in vain, you know what I'm saying? This I just didn't want that to be the end of my story and the end of my being. So I had anxiety. I thought about my niece and I pretty much just was like, well, I'm not feeling any better. You know, minutes are going by. They feel like hours and I'm not feeling any better. So if I die right now, I die right now. Mm. And eventually I just fell asleep. Like I just I don't I can't tell you how I've never felt that shit before, but I hope that I don't feel it again. But yeah, man, I don't know if I if I was going into shock, but that's basically what happened so then you know my i noticed that the next couple of days my heart rate was still irregular it wasn't mm. pounding so whoa where were you you were at home yeah i was at the place that i lived at yeah okay yeah. and then you didn't go to the hospital no no i did not that's go to expensive. the hospital it's expensive that's and fuck. and you know let's just say if there was something wrong with me which there was mm-hmm. you know to explain that to my parent at the time you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's just like yo dude you need help you know what i'm saying and at this point i wasn't ready to to receive the help i didn't want it. i wanted to figure everything out on my on my own you know how i was so i pretty much just thugged that shit i actually started a new job i was working at um free advertisement for these niggas right now i was working <laughs> at that what's that call center it's not um it's not tp but it's in north lauderdale icor not icor it's icor teleperformance I, I forgot I forgot what it was but shout out to TP though you feel me but I was working at a call center for Zara and I got through my training class this was like a week after I overdosed um I immediately like a couple of days later I started my training class and my heart rate was still irregular so it just got to the point where I was really scared and uncomfortable with it so I basically told my manager like yo I think I'm having a heart attack like for all intents and purposes I really think like genuinely I think I'm having a heart attack like I'm not even joking right now mm-hmm. I'm about to just go to the hospital so I went to the hospital and um, it wasn't a hospital, like it was like a little like the like urgent a care, urgent care little clinic thing, and they they put like all these different patches on me. They did an EKG of my heart, mm-hmm. and they basically said that my heart rate is fine. But when I explained everything to the doctor, she said that I overdosed. You feel me? And I was like, damn, bitch, like life is like the shit I'm going through right now is not that serious to be overdosing at mm-hmm. such a young age. I overdosed, bro, when I was like, at that point, I was I believe I was 19 years old, about to turn 20, because it happened in October. And um, yeah, so that's when I was in the thick of it. But I was in the sharks. I was I was in the water with the sharks. You in feel me? Mud. Yo, I was I literally dying, bro. And like I said, the sad part about it is that it wasn't the first time. That was just the worst within mm-hmm. that that same six to eight month time span. So at that point, I just at that point I stopped taking Xanax. You know what I'm saying? I stopped taking those the Trazodome, Seroquel. I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And I would only occasionally drink. Um, but I was still smoking. And that was pretty much that. You know what I'm saying? That was the worst. Like, if any if anybody on here has ever gone through that, definitely, you know, comment and, and tell me how you feel about that. You know, wh- what your experience was with it. You can DM me if you want it to be private. But I don't know what that is where I felt the electricity. I've always tried to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I felt just shocks going all through my chest. It felt like I, don't, I can't even. There's nothing. I, I, I mean, I guess I can say, like, the electric chair, but I've never Mm-hmm. gone there and I mean, people that go there to the electric chair they don't they don't have the account to say what it felt like so That's yeah great. man that shit was lit 
That shit, that shit was, was not lit. Oh my god. <laughs> that shit was lit. That was a ride right there. That was definitely a ride. So after the, and this what's what's really crazy is that like a week later you just went to work. Yeah, I kept it pushing. Yeah, I was like I was like a functioning drug drug addict. I would say, um, a dysfunctional functioning drug addict. But I definitely like bills still had to be paid. You know, mm-hmm. I still had to be an adult and do my thing. So yeah, I went and not even not even did I go to work. I threw myself in a new environment training. You know what I'm saying? Around random people that I don't know. And yeah, it was extremely hard to adjust. And in fact, like I didn't, you know, I after that, I went to the hospital. I never went back. Mm. I never went back. I completely quit that job. I just never went back. I was like, I'm straight off that. Like, I need time right now to reevaluate my psyche and get my emotions under control. That's what I was getting at. Because it's really an American thing. It's an American thing for us to to find pride in our work yeah like but and, yeah and it, it's not that they, like they say um there was an article they were like oh um we get our pride and we get our um we get we value ourselves by our work but like pride don't pay the bills bro no it doesn't we can get we have pride in providing for our family right we get pride from fucking paying our bills on time and living in the house that we do but I don't feel pride for my job and I no. like in America we put our identity and our jobs in the same bucket like right. my job is my identity right and so when you were saying like oh you just went to um you went to a job I was like what the fuck you just just kept going with life yeah, you didn't like try to figure it out you immediately yeah I immediately kept it pushing immediately you That's know what crazy. I'm saying and yeah, it w- it was tough, man. It was tough. It's definitely like that's not if you're a rookie, like don't try this shit at home. You mm-hmm. feel me? That shit was tough. That shit was that shit was serious. But I mean, all like let me let me tell you something though, just on the record. All this this is kind of a side topic. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. all this street shit, like rest in peace, King Von. First of all, um, but all this street shit, you know, the things that go on in Chicago and all of that. Um, that doesn't make you gangster, bro. That doesn't make you tough. That doesn't make you cool. What's really, what's really gangster, bro, is providing for your family, how you said. You know what I'm saying? Providing for your, for, your, for your family, being an adult. You know what I'm saying? Handling your business on time. Setting up other people so that they can be successful, whether it's money, whether it's free game, knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's really what's gangster. So for me, you know, I had, I basically started to be like this tough guy. And, you know, I have different sides to me. You know what I'm saying? I have the intellectual side. I have the tough guy side. I have the drug side. So I definitely have multiple sides to myself. But I was just completely submerged in the tough guy side. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of things that I view as strengths now, like crying, at that point it was a weakness. You know what I'm saying? So that that's all i wanted to say about that like you said the identity thing mixing it with your job Mm -hmm. and you know what i'm saying it's really not about that it's about holding it down for the fort for the family you know for the the young ones your your nieces your nephews um and even your grandparents and shit like that that's what's cool you know my bad if uh this this you know is a little (laughs) bit longer than normal not at all we're doing we're at 45 minutes okay and then the first 10 minutes was you trying to get your intro together yeah so I'm, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we only like, like my bad 35 minutes yeah but i would definitely say um it is important to, um to say that because we get so we get so 
We we tell lies to ourselves. Now, did you? So, on your road to sobriety, right? Mm-hmm. What were your? What was hard for you? What mindset were you in when you first started? The mindset that I was in when I first started my sobriety was, and I didn't. So so just to be clear, that was just the beginning, the spark of the light within Mm -hmm. you feel me that was the beginning of me wanting better for myself but i didn't actually excuse me i didn't actually begin to start my sobriety until april 19th of this year Mm -hmm. of last year i'm sorry 2020 so i quit the day before 420 and i just quit cold turkey Mm -hmm. i did not i never smoked so since then i've been sober it just was 11 months like two days ago you feel me nah thank you bro thank you and for for people that know me shit ain't easy nah man especially (laughs) i was like a rolling stone you know the people that i was hanging out with you know and the activities and the drugs that they do like niggas weren't on meth or nothing like that but definitely pills you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and it yeah man i came i came a long way i haven't didn't i haven't drank no wine no alcohol not like a little wine cooler Mm -hmm. i haven't smoked a bong rip hit a, a blunt or smoked like a weed vape or anything like that but um yeah, so so that was the beginning, but when I overdosed, that was the spark. And so when I did overdose, I was just thinking, like, I want more for myself. Like, mm-hmm. I genuinely have goals and ambitions, and I'm way too smart and charming, and I'm Isaiah, you know what I'm saying? I'm me. Like, I am I am me, and I am you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We're all one and the same. We can be very loving, and we can be very toxic. And so I knew that the other side of me was very loving. Like, my mom calls me Bubba. That's my nickname. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get away from the person that I was and I was trying to get back to Bubba you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying that was me when I was a little kid you know what I'm saying that innocence that that joy that genuine Mm. feeling you know what I'm saying that's the light you were talking about yeah that childlike self yeah because you're 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 at your most powerful when you're uh when you're in a childlike state really yeah you're at your most powerful because like you can't fucking hold a kid down yeah, you can't yeah, hold a kid mode. down. Yeah, kids are insane. You see them in like fucking grocery store running up to just yeah. ball and shit. You can't. You're not gonna see me do that shit. No. Because number no. one, I'm be like, I don't want people to look at me crazy. I don't want to look weird. I don't want to think nobody's thinking I'm about to rob the place. Right. Right. But children, kids don't give a fuck. Yeah, they have no. They have no concept of like self control and and uh places and things Mm -hmm. you know the playground is where you wild out not the grocery store and they don't they don't fully they don't accept that they might know it but they just don't accept it because they don't care and because they they have that spark in them still yeah they still have that 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 beauty in them that keeps us all all good you know what i mean yeah so when when i feel childlike when i feel like i'm being childish that's when i know i'm authentically me that's when i know like that's who the fuck I need to be tomorrow morning. Right. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I need to feel exactly like I did when I was a kid. Because that means nothing's holding me down, nothing's holding yeah. me back, and nobody is influencing me. You're free. I'm free. Yeah. I need a free mind. You feel me? Yeah. But continue. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um. So, basically, back then in 2018, October, you feel me? That shit happened. Got the EKG done. You know, they. it looks like, you know, when somebody flatlines... And, you know, your heart rate, like, you know, you ever heard the, like, somebody's in the hospital and they're trying to resuscitate him. And mm-hmm. then it's like, it's like triangles that go up and then mm-hmm. they go down and then it just flatlines. So it's basically that, you feel me? It was like a whole little scan graph thing, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I decided to stop doing uh, Xanax. Of course, between 2018 October and 2020 April 19th, I did do a couple Xanax here and there, but I felt like it was 
damn near sacrilegious and taboo because it's like this is the same thing that almost just killed you little nigga but you're out here doing it again you know what i'm saying and you know that shit where were you what do you mean where was i when you uh you said you did a few pills where were you were you with people were you alone um i would say both both Mm -hmm. i don't remember like exactly especially because it's xanax it distorts your memory Mm -hmm. but it was both you know just having I'm so sorry. Nah, you're good. You're good. You're good. That should be crazy. Yeah. I remember there was one podcast uh, that I did, and not only were the planes going overhead, there was a fucking flagpole in the background, and it was just dinging. No. It was just bing, bing, bing the whole oh time. My God. And so, like, no. I told him, like, get closer to the mic and just talk louder. Yeah, yeah. And so, after in, like, in post, I just had to, like, turn everything down. Yeah. You can still hear the fucking dinging in the background, but you still can hear us. Right. Continue. Um, but nah, yeah. Um, like I said, I that happened to me where I overdosed, and it definitely sparked me to to realize and to question certain things. And then it was like I was in this weird space where I wanted to more for myself, but I didn't really know how to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't have a car at the time. So for me to basically start to change my life I needed financially I was down I was down bad you know as I've been for the past couple of years um and so you know I wanted to slowly but surely unfortunately the people that you love like all of my old friends and stuff like that I just realized that they didn't serve me any any purpose and it sucks because I genuinely love these people they've mm-hmm. helped me out in times you know what I'm saying but basically I was like damn like I like I fuck with these niggas in my heart you know what I'm saying but like mentally I'm past where they are i already overdosed they didn't overdose to my knowledge Mm. they didn't go through that so this whole sobriety talk and all of that it's only me telling them that it's not them feeling that you get what i'm saying so i just wanted to exclude myself from them and um i pretty much didn't really have like a choice you know i didn't have a foundation um i was living i was living with my friend you know what i'm saying i wasn't living with my parents and so i didn't have there was no mommy can you come get me there was no dad i'm i'm in the cut fucked up right now where you at you know what i'm saying that wasn't a thing it was either go to my grandma's house in deep side or stay where i was and so i pretty much stood where i was and i kept kept you know smoking kept going through it and um pretty much what what started to happen is that weed started to give me anxiety and my sister alexandria she always would say that weed gives her anxiety but i didn't i didn't feel that it was like nigga what do you mean i smoked this shit and i'm chilling oh no that shit gives me anxiety now though so or it did so you know i would smoke to unwind and then i'm sitting here fucking thinking of everything everything and then <laughs> my, my mannerisms get weird eye contact gets weird i start moving funny and i realized that other people were noticing it not only did i feel it but i realized other people could notice it mm-hmm. so it got to the point where i was going to sleep for every like for every like 36 hour period or t- or uh 48 hour period so every two days or every day and a half mm-hmm. i was getting about two to four hours of sleep mm-hmm. because i had such rapid eye movement i could not like i would close my eyes to go to sleep and my body physically i was extremely exhausted but i could never mentally be exhausted because i had so many things that i was still trying to work through and trying to come to an understanding with and accept mm-hmm. so um i actually started fucking with my shaman my shaman um 
my shaman's dope. I started fucking with my shaman to kind of, you know, have a, an understanding of certain things. I started fucking with crystals. I became pescatarian. Mm-hmm. I was only eating, like, fish and, you know, n- not dairy, not meat, not pork. That shit is gross. You feel me? But I started to change my eating habits um, and then starting to deal, you know, with the spiritual, shi- the spiritual side of everything. And so it was still, like, you know, so now I'm acquiring the knowledge, but now I feel even crazier because I'm still in this environment and I'm still not making the the moves to to fix myself and to be better Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm doing the research but i'm not actually doing it so i ended up just um eventually i just i ended up leaving my friend's house i went to my grandma's house the inevitable happened you know what i'm saying i ended up going and um that was pretty much that so during that that period you know i continued to smoke a little bit but i just it, it just got old for me you feel me just smoking and when I'm on a plane and I think about like how them bitches take off, that shit is so violent. Yeah, yeah. Cause you're just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel that? Yeah. And that shit just takes off, and you're looking out the window, and you don't feel like you're moving that fast. Nah, but you're. But them sure. bitches are moving. Yeah. I was like, God damn. Yeah. That shit is. I personally, I don't like flying. Like I just went to New York in December, mm-hmm. and on the way back, you know, I don't do drugs, so on the way there. I did take like a something to make you go to sleep. It wasn't a narcotic though. It was like like it was more than like a fucking melatonin, but less than like a Xanax. Like it was in that middle area. Um, so I took that to fall asleep, and I ended up falling asleep. But then on the way back, I didn't have it. So I was so uncomfortable and nervous, I didn't fall asleep on the way back. Every single bit of turbulence that we had, I felt that <laughs> shit. Like I was closing my eyes and I was trying to fall asleep, but hours like an hour and a half went by, and I just didn't fall asleep because I was so nervous. I hate flying. That shit is scary, bro. Like, um, I'm, I'm pussy. I'm straight pussy. When it comes to flying, I'm straight off that. Because, like, th- the first few times... Would, I'm glad you brought that statement up. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Because the first time you fly, that anxiety is real. My first thought is, is this bitch going to fall out of the sky? Yeah. Is this bitch going <laughs> to fall out of the sky? This right. big-ass fucking thing. This huge-ass motherfucking man-made fucking... Yeah. Big ass bus with wings. Yeah. Is this right. bitch gonna fall out the fucking sky and kill everybody on there? Yeah. And every single time I get on the plane, I have that exact same thought. Every single time. Yeah. But as you get, but as you fly and fly more and more, <clears throat> the little anxieties go away, like the turbulence and shit, that goes away. The small things start to deteriorate, but that major thought is always there. That big ass, is this big bitch gonna fall out of the sky? I've flown numerous amount of times. Yeah, same. And every fucking time I get on that plane, I have to pray. Every time I get on the plane, I touch the outside of the plane. You know, like the little, you know how the door opens like this? Yeah. I touch that little piece right there just to make sure that we don't fall out of the fucking sky. Right. right. I have to do it every time because I feel like if I don't do that, this bitch is going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. And no matter how much I want to try, that thought always comes up in my mind. And I feel like on the same, in the same regard, that applies to our lives because when I was trying to get my life together, my first thought was, am I going to fail and fuck my entire life up? Fail, failure is what you think about. It, yeah. Yeah, actually. No, I, I thought it was failure that I was scared of, but yeah. actually I was afraid of success. Okay. Because if I fail, fuck that shit. I'm going to go do exactly what the fuck I was doing beforehand. Right, right, Just right. because I fail doesn't mean my life is over. Right. But what I was afraid of is like, what if I get this job and I fuck it up? Mm-hmm. What if I take this big step to improve my life 
and I fuck it up again. Right. What if I get into this relationship and I end up hating this person? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of failing because failing just means shit. I'm just, just go back to chilling. Shit. Right. This don't right. fucking work when you fail. Shit. I'm because like I used to fail in high school. If I failed a class in high school, fuck it. I'm going to credit recovery. I'm about to do this little <laughs> online test. I'm about to fucking get my A even though I ain't work for the class. Right. Right. But passing a class is the scary part. Fuck failing. Failing ain't shit. Bitch is easy to fail. For but, me. No, that's good. That's not oh, loud. Okay, that's that's calm. Mm-hmm. That's calm right there. For right. me, I actually stopped going to school in tenth grade. I um, I got my GED when I was mm-hmm. seventeen, and I I've been stopped going to school. You feel me? So that that little you know part of the failing part was like whatever with me. You know, I've been like past that. But I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. I often think like you know if I get this job and I don't save the amount of money that I do want to save. Then I'm like I'm I'm a fuck up. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like I I'm I always write things down. I'm a Capricorn, so I like to keep my shit organized mentally. Mm-hmm. Like literally writing things on paper, seeing it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I feel you though. I feel you. I just wanted to add that part about the school thing. But that you know ass, it's like, it's just, it's really scary. And like even with sobriety, when you tell yourself like, what I know to be my comfortable now, I can't go back there no more. Now I have to, like, redefine what I feel is normal for me. Yeah, just revamp, yeah. I have to, like, start completely over. And what if I what if I get to that point? What if I get to exactly where I want to go? What next? What if I fuck that up? Right. What if I get my family and I love my kids and I fuck that up? That's the scariest shit. And I think that's what really keeps people from, like, getting to where they want to be. Because that shit is terrifying. That shit is terrifying even like right now like there's so many things that I want to do in life but I feel like I'm still scared of success yeah but that ain't gonna stop me though nah nah fuck it's, that it's shit all gas. Bitch, it's all gas no breaks no all breaks day. all day if I hit the motherfucking wall <laughs> I'm hit that bitch full gas yeah crash out yeah red line at hoe you feel me yeah yeah um but, I mean, for me, success isn't... The only thing I would equate with success is expectations. As you... You can't have a fuck-up. Like, if all these celebrities... Like, they have days where they do good and they do charitable things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They rock the crowd. They do good shows. But then, when they, like, when Tiger Woods... Tiger Woods had that scandal back when we were jits. Mm-hmm. He cheated on his wife. The world didn't look at him the same. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback for the Texans. And... He has some type of case going on where basically a bunch of massage massage people, they were saying that like he 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 did some like some weird shit or whatever. But it basically when you when you're such at a high level, you can't fuck up. You can't blackout drunk, belligerent, you know what I'm saying? Get in a bar fight. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, like I can't. So when I become successful with Shadow, with my clothing line, when I start making music, you know what I'm saying? When I start doing things for for Sunrise, the city of Sunrise, where I came from in Broward County in Florida, I can't have any more slip ups. You can't fuck up. They hold you in such a high regard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even even like you can't you have to be there for all of your siblings and, and, and your family, not just siblings, you know, emotionally, financially. You don't have to. But if you're if you are in a certain level in your life and they need somebody to lean on, like where who who do you lean on if everybody leans on you? You understand what I'm saying? 
like that that shit is real you know what i'm saying but i don't like i love that shit like success success and and ascending and all of that like i don't there's are simple cases like where i would say like with a job you know getting to the next step getting past training those are there are mild anxieties that come with it but i mean i just uh like i said it's the whole expectation thing that comes mm-hmm. with it you know um but yeah i mean the whole sober thing and sobriety thing it's like you have a choice you could either you could either do it or don't you know and and nobody's shaming you for not being sober like i'm not a straight edge like advocate nigga i used to be perked out zanned <laughs> out like i was i was the king nigga blacking out like i would say if i if if i didn't throw up when i was drinking if i didn't throw up it, like i'm not doing it right like mm-hmm. literally and if i threw up twice like then i'm then i'm good like even if i threw up once it's like nah you need more you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and that was literally i, I was an animal anybody that, that genuinely knows me bro i was wild I used to cut myself like right here. I used to cut myself and all types of shit. You know, I still I had slashes on my stomach. Like it wasn't just drugs that I had an issue with. I had an issue with my self-worth. You understand what I'm saying? And it, it took so much mental work for me. Um, and here I am. You know what I'm saying? But at all, by, by all means, you know, if you want to everything is done in moderation. If you want to do the only thing that I don't really condone to tell you the truth is needles and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do t- take a bar of Xanax or take a quarter of it or take half a perk and it's just done in moderation. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, the expectation that I have for other people is, yes, you should not be taking pills and stuff like that to cope and to feel OK. Those things are strictly for pain. And, and regardless, Western medicine is all bullshit. All fucked up. Yeah. Those drugs. If we just being frank, th- those drugs were only being, were only supposed to be prescribed for end of life patients only. Okay, I didn't know that. Like, Percocets, what was it? Percocets, um, Valium, Oxys. All those opioids. Yeah. Those were only for um, end of life patients only. Right. If you were dying of cancer and you were at your last day on earth, they would give you that just to keep you cool. Boot you up, yeah. Exactly. That's the only thing they were supposed to do. But because those fucking companies, the big pharma, yeah, they wanted their money so goddamn bad, they were giving doctors incentives yeah. to sell yeah. those drugs to people. And so, like, they would give doctors, like, thousands of dollars for giving prescriptions to, like, random-ass people who didn't even need the shit. Right. Oh, you damn back hurt? <laughs> well, come over here and get these motherfucking parts then. Right, right. And so you really started to like ask yourself, like, who's really the drug dealer? You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your fucking doctor. Absolutely. Because the doctor d- knows good and fucking well that you don't need that shit. Right. And they were like, the shit is so fucked up, bro. They were giving like collectible items to doctors, like fucking hats with like the, um, the company that makes the Percocets. Like the original Percocets, yeah. Like the shit we have now, yeah. Like yeah. The, they had hats with like the Percocet logo on it, like fucking shirt t-shirts and shit, like nah. stress balls, like office supplies with the yeah. fucking Percocet logo on it, yeah. And I'm like, why is this okay? We're the only country that does shit like this, and then yeah. when people fall on hard times and they get addicted to these drugs, then you're like, oh. You shouldn't have took them. Right, right. Well, fuck you gave it to me. <laughs> right. Then right. y'all made them legal. Right. But a bitch can't. But you're going to take a nigga to jail because I got a little dime back in my nuts? What's going on? Right. I don't fucking know. No, that's facts, though. And it's like you said, that it's like there's... So the street street gangs is like unorganized crime or even to a certain degree it can be organized crime. Mm-hmm. But, but police officers 
and all them niggas and you know uh, pharmacies and pharmacists and doctors like those are the real gangs those are the real like you can't them niggas are unfuckwittable they're part of the law they've already established themselves so deeply rooted into america and, and another thing a lot of people think that americans are stupid a lot of people think that we're lazy that we're dumb and it's mm-hmm. just like a lot of niggas like me and you people like me and you there are a lot of conscious people out here who realize the country that we live in and we're just not powerful enough to change it and it's not one one person can't change this shit it has it's a collective and so i feel like that's the stigma that's the negative connotation behind us is that we're just idiots we like rap music we drink beer and fucking smoke weed and we're just retarded that is true though you feel me like everything you just said is true and i do yeah. smoke weed and i do like rap music yeah and i do <laughs> drink beer yeah just but just lay around all day which is very true but at the same time we do have duality absolutely i am i'm a person i'm a i have depth to me yeah absolutely. oh i'm gonna get lit Oh, right. bitch, I am going to drink this bottle of tequila. But at the same time, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to make sure everybody around me is taken care of. Yeah, and handle your business. And I'm going to make sure that everybody around me understands that they have options to take care of their mental and emotional health. You feel me? But I am going down this bottle of Don Julio, though. To the face, yeah. To the face. Yeah, nah. I respect that. No cap. I respect that. I'm about to get fucked up tonight. Yeah. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to make sure I go to work. Right. And right. it's all about balance. There's, and, and, you know, things, if it's done in moderation, it's for fun. Like, same thing with psychedelics. Psychedelics is, they're to heal. People, a lot of people, they take shrooms and they just go out to South Beach and they're just lit and that they're misusing it. And so Native Americans were smoking peyote. They was old. Native Americans shit. were smoking marijuana. You know what I'm saying? These are things that, and just because the Native Americans did it, I'm not saying that it's okay, but mm-hmm. they were obviously more spiritual. You know what I'm saying? And so... There are things that can be done. Like if you know, if you want to drink and you know go to the bar with your friends or go to the beach and drink a little bit, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? My girlfriend, she, she does that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm totally capable of being with people who and being around people. I I be in the hot box. I sit in the hot box. The people that I that I lived with have smoked around me. You know what I'm saying? But it's just about when you're using it as a coping mechanism. That's where. Um, Isaiah says you're wildin'. When you're using it as a way to bond with somebody, you're wildin'. Like me and you right now, we're having a genuine conversation. And so we're not just sitting here smoking. A lot of people link up with their friends and they just, their bonding time is talking about their current events that have happened and they Mm -hmm. smoke. But that's not, to me, that's not genuine because the only way that you guys could come together is with with smoking. Mm -hmm. So that's, those, those are the problems that I have with it. You know what I'm saying? And I've come a long way, like, trust me, I used to be, a rock star rager like little peep is my inspiration i love that nigga mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i got the the pink panther right here because he had it on his neck mm. you know what i'm saying and he was one of my inspirations like i fucking looked up to this nigga he was just so different you know what i'm saying and he went out on the tour bus like a fucking simp no disrespect rest in peace to, to his soul but he went out like that and he didn't have to there's a lot of people famous musicians and famous people who have overdosed and they just didn't have to go out like that. Even with it, even if it's with gun violence, Juice World went out the way he did. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to. Jose XXX and Pop Smoke went out the way that they did. King Von, Fredo went out because of drinking lean. So these are a lot of like important, and all of these people have died within you know our generation. These are our generation seen musicians, a lot of That's and it's crazy. been in a short amount of time. You know what I'm saying? So after a certain point, you just have to analyze your psychology and your 
your MO, your modus operandi or whatever it's called. You know what I'm saying? You have to analyze certain things. And if you want, like, if, if, if you didn't overdose and if something bad like that and traumatic like that didn't happen to you, you're probably not going to start to maintain your sobriety and be sober, like, willingly. Like, I, when I was 15, I went to rehab. So I was in a drug program. I went to rehab for, like, four or five months. Mm-hmm. And then I got out and I was on, I had, like, a, a counselor, a peer advocate, you know what I'm saying? And I had to be sober for 13 months and I hated it. And here I am, That this was in 2015, and here I am six years later and I'm choosing to be sober. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's going to be, I'm going to be sober to tell you the truth until I feel comfortable financially, emotionally, you know, spiritually, until I have a foundation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not there. I've burnt myself out. Like I've smoked so much just sitting there lame vibing or, or smoking and being creative and making my clothes. I've done that already. You know what I'm saying? So I've, I just went so hard that it's just dead to me. It's just, I don't care to do that. I would literally rather sit there and watch, I like like documentaries and shit. You feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd rather sit there and watch a documentary and spend time with my girl and her and her family or spend time with my mom. I mm-hmm. love my mom. I'm a mama's boy. You know what I'm saying? That's why I have Victoria tattooed on my forehead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'd rather spend time with my mom. Even just even, you know, the recovery that I made seeing her smile and knowing that my mom is proud of me, that shit makes me feel way better than a Xanax did. That's actually like my mom is proud of me for once. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit is that's what I care about. So I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it for myself. But I don't plan on breaking my sobriety. I always told myself I'm going to be sober for a year. But as the months have gone on, I just realized that I have an addictive personality. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I smoke cigarettes for like five to six years. I was smoking black and milds, like multiple black and milds in a day. We do live in Broward County. So black and milds is very normal. Yeah. We smoke black and milds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, drugs, drugs are definitely cool, but it's all supposed to just be done in moderation. And as I was transforming my character, I was thinking about being sober and maintaining my sobriety. And I've continued to do both of them like they coincide with one another. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As you are sober, your character and your thought process and your motivations are going to change. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what it is for me. I mean, nigga, pop that pill, take that Zan. If you want to tee up, if you want to fucking do a line of blow off a bitch's titties and fucking snort it back out onto her forehead, Mm -hmm. like, do your thing. You feel me? I'm not judging by all means because I've been there. I can say that. You feel me? I'm not Jesus where I was perfect my whole life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at these niggas trying to put preach game to them when I haven't even been down Mm -hmm. bad where they were. Like, I've been in the slums. I did that. You know what I'm saying? I fell everywhere, cut myself. I've gone through all of that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, what really makes me feel good is just doing it free choice. The law, I never got arrested in my life. I've never gotten arrested in my life. The only thing I had is when I broke out of rehab in 2015, I broke a window and jumped out that bitch. I cleared it. I was wild, nigga. I was wild. We're I didn't want to be talk about that on another, uh, another episode. Yeah, yeah. Facts, facts. But... Because I want to hear that story. <laughs> I, I basically got um, resisting arrest without violence because they were trying to they were trying to run after me. And I was like, nigga, fuck you. Suck my dick. And I cleared it. You feel care. me? But I've never been arrested. You feel me? So that's fucking that. I don't really know why I mentioned that. I forgot where I was going with that. But um, I like I could run for president if I wanted to. I'm going to keep it a stack. 100%. I could literally run for president. I was with born here with the face tab. Fuck you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Well, not right now because you're not 35. But you got to be 35. You got to be 35. At least 35. True. Mm hmm. Not that I would want to, but I'm just saying, though, like, you know, my job, when I go get a job, it's not like, oh, yeah, I have a DUI or 
fucking I robbed some niggas and I got caught up. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like that. Like, it's nothing like that. But yeah, man, if drugs, drugs are supposed to be done in moderation. You know what I'm saying? What happens is people, they, they want to use it to cope. And that's really what it is. And everybody that I used to deal with and, and speak to and be in communication with, there is no love lost. There is no, and I just wanted to say that on, on you know, this, this platform right here. There's no, it's not like I'm judging them. It's not as though I despise them as people. It's just I don't feel the need. They don't uplift me. And it sucks, like, when you have to separate yourself with people that you genuinely love and mm-hmm. people that you grew up with, relationships that you've had for five-plus years. Like, my best friend that I was friends with since I got I got hit by a car, as I was telling you earlier, in 2010 or 11, 10 years later, we, we no longer speak anymore. Mm. We're not friends anymore, you know what I'm saying? So it's not as though I walked away and I hate these people or I'm sulking in my sadness because... Like, I'm like, oh, they shitted on me. They tried me. It's just you reach a certain point where people, they don't serve your higher higher purpose. They're just not good for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, that's hard to walk away from people that you love and set boundaries as well. Setting boundaries is really hard. But it's definitely people, places, and things. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, music has helped me a lot. I'll tell you that much. You know, listening to music. I've always liked music. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So music has helped me. My little support group that I have, my mom, my shaman you know, my girlfriend, um, they've definitely helped me. And the amount of progress that I've made right now this past 11 months and since I overdosed, I can tell you right now, if like, if I could talk, if I could, if the old Isaiah could talk to Isaiah now, I would be like, you're a pussy. First of all, you're a bitch ass. Oh, like, no. <laughs> just, just because the, the way, the way that I used to think is like, you got to go hard or go home. Like all that sober shit. Like when Russ, when Russ said what he said, about like taking pills is for losers and like if you take pills you're weak he said something that was highly insensitive Mm -hmm. and to this day it's still fuck russ like i still i'll spit on that i still don't feel him Mm -hmm. you feel me because don't like you say what you say but elaborate on that you have to explain what you mean if you just say something very straightforward and short like that it comes off very condescending and judgmental i wouldn't say well i can't tell you what you should say to yourself but i feel like um no, I'm saying I'm saying if 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 drug Isaiah was talking to sober Isaiah now, oh, I would look at myself that way. Oh. But if it was the other way around, sober Isaiah talking to drug Isaiah, mm-hmm. I would just say keep swimming, keep keep doing your thing. Like you're you're eventually you're gonna hit your you head on bu- that wall yeah. and you're gonna learn from it. You so keep bump playing. Your head sooner or later. Yeah, keep playing with fire, bro. And all that shit, all that crazy shit you be talking about is gonna happen to you. You know what I'm saying? But be safe. You know what I'm saying? Be careful. But. Everything happens for a reason. If I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here talking to you. You know what I'm saying? If I would have died way back then, I would have been dead as fuck. You know what I'm saying? My consciousness, energy never dies. It just transmutes. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I would be somewhere else, reincarnated somewhere else or just on another astral plane. Mm -hmm. And the memory that you guys have had of me would have been just like, damn, that nigga went hard. That nigga, you know, he was, I was a nerd in school. I had glasses. I was a nerd. I played video games. You know what I'm saying? I was just a little nerdy kid. Mm-hmm. Bubba, that's who I was. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I've always been shy. I mean, I'm, I'm still shy. I have social anxiety. You know, if, if, like, if you weren't you and I didn't already meet you, I wouldn't be acting like this right now. You know you what would. I'm saying? You think so? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's me. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, me. yeah. Put, I, put I some have, respect on it. I have, like, that, I have that inviting, um... It's, it's not like that with everybody, though. But I'm not going to talk about myself. No, no, I, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. But no, go ahead, though. Go ahead. One thing I wanted to ask, is it hard? Like, day-to-day, is it hard? Let me tell you something. It's definitely not easy being me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's definitely not easy. I'm going to just say that. But is it hard? No. I have no want right now to drink or smoke. I have no want at all. At all. You know what I'm saying? In fact, like Delta 8 is around. And I went to New York and I had some Delta 8 and it wasn't here in Florida yet. Uh, or at least I didn't see it. What's that now? Delta- oh, the uh, I know what you're talking about. Delta 8 is one step above CBD, but one step below THC. Mm-hmm. So I went to, to New York. You feel me? I'm in Brooklyn and I got these gummies. I take them shits, bro. When I tell you, I felt like I was high as fuck. Like my eyes got red. I felt like I was blasted. I took four of them. You're supposed to take one. I'm Damn. like, these shits aren't going to do anything. These are gummy bears. <laughs> bro, I was so high, bit. Like, you know when you've been you're near high as fuck and you have to go take a shower? I had to go shower. Like, mm. I was so blasted, but it's because I'm a sober boy. So, yeah, I was just blasted as fuck. And I, like, it took me, like, two hours to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of had to take a nap. I had to take a nap and, like, sleep it off or whatever. But um, that's basically that. You know, the, the Delta 8 is something. Like, so, sometimes, like, when I, like, and I've gotten over, I've gotten the Delta 8 over here in Broward. And now, you know, sometimes when I do, like, if I, like, this is a Delta 8 joint. You see that I smoked half of it. If I would have smoked this whole thing, I would have, like, had that anxiety feeling. When I smoke and I, the THC starts to get in me, I still, the, the, it induces anxiety. Mm. So, yeah, I have no yearn and no want to do drugs, you feel me? I have no nothing. And as far as, you know, another thing I wanted to add is that emotionally, I... All of us are extremely emotional, but I display my emotion on my face, just mm-hmm. like my mom, and I have a hard time handling my emotions. And so a lot of the times when I was going through certain things, it's because I was feeling like if I'm happy, I'm really fucking happy. If I'm sad, I'm really sad. If I'm mad, I'm really mad. Now, I ha- I don't have any rage of fits or, or fits of rage. Mm-hmm. I don't go punch the wall and beat the wall up. I did that like at the end of the month, every month. Me and, and the and my old friend that I that I used to live with, we used to like thrash the walls and like there was hella holes in the walls. Mm. We just had these episodes at the end of every month for like six months straight. I kid you not. And so I don't know if it was just mounting anxiety and then when the end of the month would come, we would look back at the month that just happened and be like, bro, we didn't do anything. But regardless, I don't punch the wall. I don't really let little things bother me. You know what I'm saying? I the longest I'll be mad for is like fifteen minutes. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Like I don't I, the longest I'll be mad and I won't I will, I'll be quiet. I won't express how I feel and be angry. You know what I'm saying? So handling your emotions and calming them down is something that I struggled with a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I definitely did struggle with that a lot. You know, I was a rager. I was I was a fucking rager. There's no, no other way. Have you been to therapy way. yet? Yeah, so I did go to therapy um, in April that same month that that I did that. Yeah. Really proud of you. I, I, I went to about eight therapy sessions and I was doing EMDR. Do you know what that is? Yeah, that's the... EMDR is when it attaches some type of neural neurological like thing to your finger. It, 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 you basically put something on your thumb. Mm-hmm. You put it on both of your thumbs. Or no, you hold it in your hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. Okay. You hold it in your hand and what it does is that as you speak about your trauma, it sends signals to your brain. Mm-hmm. And so it's proven that they've done like a, you know, a scan of somebody's brain and you know how sometimes it'll be red and yellow and blue. There's mm-hmm. different colors in there. The trauma is the red. So from what I was told. So after the EMDR sessions, after you do it for a couple of months and you get those experiences out and you talk about it, the trauma will start to disappear slowly and slowly. So I did do that for a couple of months, but then my insurance changed. Mm. And this was a lady who already knew kind of my my story because she was friends with my mom, but she was an actual um, therapist Mm -hmm. at University Hospital. She has her own little suite. Mm. So I was doing chakra healing 
as well, which is dealing with the shaman. And, you know, you, you do the sound bowl. She she uh, plays music in the background. She puts um, crystals on your sacral, your root, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I did a little bit of both uh, healing, the spiritual side and, and the actual conventional, you know, therapy side. Mm. Um, and I kind of did stop doing it. I'm not going to lie. Just because I don't take the time for myself. Like, I'm a workaholic. I'm a Capricorn. That's all I do. We're American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so to answer your question, I did go to therapy, but I did stop. You know what I'm saying? But all of this sober shit and everything that I've done for the most part has been by myself. Like, I haven't been going to therapy every single week, twice a week for this whole past 11 months. I went throughout a span of a couple of months, you know, eight sessions with her. And then my insurance changed, and that's basically been it. But sometimes I feel like... I don't have nobody to talk to. You know, my girlfriend doesn't, Sade, pro peace, she doesn't understand certain, I, I think that she doesn't understand certain uh, things that I have to say. She doesn't understand the emotion. She can hear what I'm saying, but she doesn't feel it. I want to talk to somebody that can feel what I'm saying, which is a professional. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, especially like I'm at this point, bro, I don't have no friends. On the record right now, I have no friends. I don't consider anybody my friend. I'm going to tell you that right now. You know what I'm saying? I have old associates that I used to be close with, and then I have, I still have associates now. You know what I'm saying? But I don't have no friends. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to get to know people and get to have them close to me because then they can hurt me as they always have. Mm-hmm. Not on some juice world, all girls are the same sad shit, <laughs> but that's the truth. Human beings are very conniving, and they use you for their agenda. And so it's very rare that you find people who have your true intention at mind. People that say, Isaiah, like, I noticed that you're kind of off. Like, were you thinking about something? We can talk. But if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Simple things like that, I genuinely appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? And throughout this whole time of me being sober, the only people that I've had for me here for me are my girlfriend and my mom. And as far as talking to them about how I feel, I don't talk to them about how I feel. So I've, it's just been me, myself, and I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if I can come back from everything I've gone through, I'm going to tell you right now that you can. You know what I'm saying? And I know that that's such a cliche, stupid statement to say, but between cutting myself, overdosing several times within the same couple of months, um, and everything that I went through, I moved, since I was 15, I've moved less than less than 10 times, but, you know, around there. So every couple of months, think about it, we're in 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Is it 2021 or 2022? 21. Okay, yeah, see, nigga, time is just flying, but you know what I'm saying? In the past couple of years, basically, a lot of I've moved and a lot of things have happened to me, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to build a foundation when you're constantly moving, but if I can do it, you know, other people definitely can. And it yeah, comes from yeah. within. Other people wanting you to change and do certain things you have to something has to happen to you or you have to want it for yourself or it's you'd actually do it look at this picture you can use this picture if you want to i don't care i mean if you don't think it's appropriate then you don't have to use it that's you that's me when i don't know when if i found it i sent this to somebody so i i just pulled it up fast but i can look at my photos and it says when the picture was taken but this is literally me bro and this is you see the tattoos that i have Mm-hmm. This is everything that I that I have now, like since then. You know what I'm saying? So this was clearly a long time ago, but you you can still see cuts like on my my stomach and my arm, and especially on my shoulder. You know what I'm saying? And my niece has asked me what happened to you there, and I say, you know, I fell off a bike and I 
basically got hurt. You know what I'm saying? When I'm when I'm a li- when I'm older, I'm gonna be like a fucking bobcat, <laughs> fucking was thrashing me. You know what I'm saying? But like make it like a war story or something mm-hmm. like that. But For right now, keep it short. Exactly. Yeah. Keep it so short. as we close, what advice would you give somebody that was in your same shoes? Um, it might feel like it's the end, but it's not. And um, you just have to just push through it, establish a support group first and foremost. And if you don't have that, then do things that make you feel good. If you don't have that, then figure that shit out as soon as possible. Because if you don't have nobody to talk to and nothing to do to entertain yourself and make yourself feel better, you're going to keep, you know, most likely you're going to keep going through that. So definitely establish a support group. Um, Keep thugging that shit. Keep pushing through it and do things that make you feel good and definitely identify your weaknesses and your strengths mm-hmm. so that once you see your your weaknesses you can start to work on them and it's not going to happen overnight i'm still crazy as fuck like i'm not fixed nigga i'm not normal i'm not healed i'm still healing we're all healing so it's just uh you just have to start the biggest step is just starting you feel me that's literally the biggest step you have to identify the things that are going wrong take the time to do it it's troubling nobody wants to revisit traumas nobody wants to sit there and go through things that they've gone through in the past but you you know you just have to have that moment where you you know you come to god you talk to god whether whatever your god is if you're if you think you're god talk to yourself and just be honest and and say you know what i'm fucked i'm fucked up right now and these are the things that I want to do and how do, how do I do it? And, and, wh- and look out for the signs. In nature, there's often things that happen or even if you see numbers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just just watch out for the signs, you know what I'm saying? If you keep seeing frogs and stuff like that, maybe it's time to go do cambo. Cambo is a type of healing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking just keep thugging it. Develop a support group do things that make you feel good whether it's painting i love to paint so do things that make you feel good um and just keep thugging it you know what i'm saying just do do your thing it. bro <laughs> yeah like so yeah. like that yeah just keep thugging it yeah like that 